This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Legitimately say, it's great to be back. Can you say that? Stu, go ahead, say. Go ahead. Jeffy? I Hello? can. Oh, you can. Okay. I can. Good. I can. Good. <laughs> Stu? Stu? Nah, Stu, we're waiting for you. <sighs> I've said it. Jeffy said it. Go ahead. I disagreed with you. I didn't technically say it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, it is. It's great to be back. Uh, we were uh, off for uh, six months. Week and a half. Ten weeks. Um, 30. Yeah. So 30 welcome weeks. to uh, everybody who's on Dish right now. And you might be seeing uh, the show for the first time, uh, at least live. Um, is Pat and Stu, we do a show uh, every uh, day in this time slot, a couple of hours, uh, going over the stuff. Really, you know, a lot of stuff we didn't get to during the radio show. Uh, we're obviously on the radio with Glenn every day, but uh, you get Glenn Beck's radio show live three hours a day here on uh, The Blaze. You get Pat's do after this. You have uh, great shows in the evening as well with Glenn's TV show as well as mm-hmm. Dana, and uh, we have a lot of other shows that uh, you'll be seeing. Uh, so, as, you know, Fox, obviously, there's, you know, business is business, and there's and some sort back. of dispute. I'm sure they'll, they'll be, be back, back at some point, but it gives you a chance to check, uh, check us out, and we appreciate you doing so. <laughs> Huge fan of church yesterday came up to me. In somebody else's district, you know, we go to church with several, in, in our church we call them wards, little blocks, areas of people that go at a certain time, mm-hmm. and, then, and then you have another area that goes at a different time. They go at a different time, but we kind of overlap. So it's like a parish, only not. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm glad <laughs> anyway, you the he came up to me. He came up to me yesterday, and uh, he's like, hey, hey, uh, noticed you guys on instead of Fox the hell's going on i can't believe fox isn't on i want fox back thank you <laughs> good to see you we thank you appreciate that thank you that's that's great thank you for sharing that with me i appreciate it one of the charming things that happens whenever there's one of these little disputes and it happened before when cnn had a dispute with uh with i think it was dish as well um which was uh all the mcdonald's that have fox news on typically now have this show on so uh, we're and you're more, welcome. We're, first of all, thank you. Uh, second of all, yeah. if you uh, see us out in some, uh, we I got a bunch of pictures uh, over the weekend or over vacation of people saying, "Hey, you're on in my you know local Kroger." Uh, and <laughs> so when they, if you see us on in one of those stores, we always think it's funny, and we'll show your picture on TV because mm-hmm. you know, we have this time to do whatever we want with. And honestly, it's either this or listen to Jeffy. So we might as well put pictures up. Might as well. And and by the way, I understand. Uh, I understand. Don Imus uh, came across us as he was looking for Fox, right? Yeah, I, I and saw that. you on. Was that you on this show or you on Wonderful World of Stu? I don't know. I haven't heard the audio yet, but I heard he was talking either. about it today. Which but he was very talking cool. about it. Let's check that out. Oh, I think we on a, a television <laughs> guide <laughs> thing. <laughs> it says Fox News, mm-hmm. which is what I watch. And so uh, it is Beethoven, but it wasn't Fox News. <laughs> Hmm. It was Glenn Beck's hmm. The Blaze. Because <laughs> <laughs> of that dish uh, dispute. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. They probably have Dish mm-hmm. Network or whatever. 
You know, the, the Blaze thing is not bad. Oh, really? I've never seen it. It's all right? Yeah, right. Well, I didn't watch that much of it, but they had some guy on named Stu. <laughs> Hello, Stu. <laughs> Who was really good. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. my God. And then I saw Glenn. I was as lost as mine. And he's got the blackboard. He's rocking blackboards and all that. Sure, of course. But I wanted to see uh, Megan Kelly and yep. Brett Barron O'Reilly and all that bunch. A lot mm -hmm. of people in there. Hannity, everybody. But mm -hmm. In the same boat, yeah. Shep Smith, but I didn't get to see him. Mm -hmm. yeah. right, well, anyway, well, uh, well, some <laughs> irony there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is now he's now a parody of himself. He uh, is, he is a now of a parody himself. of himself. That's great stuff. He does look like Beethoven, doesn't he? A little bit. There's a tad there. I think he a little bit of too. Beethoven, perhaps. Um, yeah. So that's... it sounds like he saw you on the five o'clock show with Glenn. Is or maybe right? or maybe Wonderful World, one of the two. Or Wonderful World. I don't know. That is absolutely crazy. Though. I mean, I'm just one of the cool. reasons I got into radio. I mean, yeah. he's and uh, to have your a huge fan, yeah, the, your hero, your radio hero, a legend, and a, a legend oh, talking yeah. about you. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I will say, uh, if you know Imus, uh, he said, "Ah, Stu, he's pretty good." That's the most positive thing he's ever said about anyone. No, he said uh, really good. It's, I, yeah. I mean, that is, he said really good. I, I, that's amazing. He's never said anything no. that nice about Deirdre, no. uh, his wife. No, I don't think uh, I don't so. Think. So, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, that's thank nice. you. I love Imus. That's I nice. That's we need really to save cool. that because, uh, yeah, he's a legend. 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. Uh, you make New Year's resolutions? I gave that up a long time ago. Yeah, kind of. You gave it up. Yeah. Um, uh, in a way of, like, I, I, there's general goals. I, I don't know if I make resolutions, because I think now you've come to that point where it feels like they just never succeed. But I try yeah. to, you, you try to change things about yourself. And you try to say, you know what, I've been doing this. I've been mm -hmm. doing a great job at this. This year, I'm going to do a better job at X, Y, or Z. Right. Yeah, but it, uh, what, the, what we have found through the years is that, over half of the people fail at New Year's resolutions. Yeah, and I, uh, quickly on that point, because I, I think it's almost two-thirds. I, I think it's only about yeah, a third of people have a success. Maybe it's even 30% or something. People are like, well, I'm not going to do it. Everyone fails. That's pretty good, though, isn't it? Yeah. For a I, if a I'm third surprised. of people actually succeed at their New Year's resolution, I would have guessed it was I would, about 5%. Right, that's what I would have guessed, too. Yeah. So, I mean, if you could change, I mean, a New Year's resolution, in theory, is supposed to be something you're changing about yourself, which is difficult. It's, you know, you're, you're taking something that's ingrained in you, that you do the same way all the time, and changing a major life thing. I mean, if it's a stupid little resolution, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch TV more, it's not necessarily, uh, you know. That wouldn't that, be hard to keep. No, that would be easy to keep. Yeah. However, you know, when you're doing something major, that's, 30% is actually pretty good. I want to eat more ice cream this year. You can do it, Pat. Uh, well, actually, physically, no, I don't think you can. <laughs> I don't think you can eat more than you. Oh, that's not true. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have Jeff that's to, prove, true. to prove the opposite. Just you just yeah. power through it. Oh, right? you have Isn't to. that your theory? Yeah. You get to the you point where you're like, through. I don't think I can eat anymore. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Mm. Yes, Go you ahead can. and just do it. Put it in your mouth and swallow. That's all you have to do. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, here's the biggest, uh, the most common resolutions. Um, as you can see, weight loss is at the very top. Uh, 13%. Of Americans want to lose more weight, uh, exercise more. Ten percent—that's not happening for me. I, I, now, would I love to lose weight? Yes. Am I going to exercise to do it? No. Well, that's because you have mm, uh, your back is. I, I can't. You can't yeah, even move. You can barely sit in that chair for <laughs> two hours a day. Yes. Um, be a better person. That's hey, a tough one and kind of general. Want to do that? Yeah, that's just, that's I know you couldn't possibly relate to that stupid. one. Although that one would be so easy for you. 
I mean, in all real, in reality, like doing one thing that wasn't negative in a year, he'd be a better person. He'd be a better right? person. Right. I said hi. When you're at the very rock bottom, the only way to go is up, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So that one would not be tough for you. Uh, improve your health, 8% of us. Improve, improve health. Hmm. And when you're riddled with disease, all you have to do is get one less during the year. And again, that's tough. you're golden that's on that tough, one. Though. Stop smoking. You did that last year, right? Was that a resolution for you? No, it was not a resolution. I did quit. You did quit. That was that's great. For a few months. Are you back? Oh, are, on you the, back? are you back on the habit? Are you kidding me? Did you cave over the holidays? Because Jeffy's life's so stressful. He's yeah. responsible for so much. Oh, and what a man. difficult uh, road you have to walk down every day. Oh, it's wow. Tough one. Tough one. So you did, you cave. Thank you. You did actually cave. Thank you. <laughs> you did actually cave. You're smoking again? In all reality, I'd like you to, I'd like to Unreal. encourage you uh, to smoke more. Um, <laughs> get it over with. You know what I'm saying? Honey, is that you? <laughs> you so is you your wife slip you off? Know, if you did a whole carton a day, like a carton of cigarettes <laughs> every day. How fast do hard I mean, that'd be, be that'd be good for you. I think, I think of how, well, the help it would do with the economy and play yeah. in the Carolinas, for example. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it would be great. Tobacco uh, Road would be really happy. So why did you uh, start smoking again? <sighs> this is a, a broadcast medium just, in which you would you identify words. You just do. Words. Okay, well, you just do. There's no excuse. Mm -hmm. you just do. Well, a lot of times there is an excuse. You know, uh, uh, a family tragedy bad. or... Uh, that was it. I had a family tragedy. What you happened? are the family tragedy. <laughs> that was it. I had a family tragedy. I mean, you like had a beat. Seven or eight family tragedies right in a row. You had a beat. Just, I'm, I'm well, disappointed. I'm frankly disappointed. Well, he had anorexia beat, too, and who knows how that's going to turn out. <laughs> yeah. I think that one, I think he beat that one forever. Yeah, I don't know. I really do. I really I do. Uh, some of these others are, are good, and I think really good commitments that not many of us make. Four percent of us want to get closer to God. Is there a better commitment you could possibly make? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a believer in God. Mm -hmm. uh, increased family time is another great one. 3% mm -hmm. of us want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Be kinder to others. 1% want to do that. <laughs> okay, that tells you a little bit of why we are where we are, I guess. Also tells you something about the political situation. Mm -hmm. When get politically involved is only 1%. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I, that's the last thing I want to do. It's, it's tough. I will say, listening to, to the Louis Gohmert stuff today, we love Louis Gohmert. Louis Gohmert yeah. is 100% uh, Freedom Works rating. He comes on the program. He's rarely on the wrong side of any issue. If I, can, I can't think can't of any think off of the top of my head, but he's probably, I'm sure, been wrong, in my opinion, once or twice. But still, bottom line is this guy's a mm. solid guy. If this guy was leading, uh, you know, our, you know if he was taking us down the path of his choosing, we would have, it would improve the country significantly. Yeah. There wouldn't be the folding all the time by the GOP and all those things that we complain about all the time. So it would be great. So the outcome is real and fantastic. It's hard to get motivated, though, because you just feel like that's eh, never going to happen. You know, look, I don't know. Can we get Louis Gohmert in, into the Speaker of the House? I, I think I would love that, and it's possible. I'd love um, it. But can you, can you remove Boehner? That's doable. The, and people are asking, okay, well, wait, if we get to 29 <coughs> votes, how does that make that happen? Well, essentially, if you can get to 29 votes, they can't get the majority. Which means uh, then you are to a situation where they have to keep voting until they get someone gets a majority. Eventually, Boehner will say, I can't get a majority. Someone else is going to have to step in. And, of course, he'll try to bring in one of his allies, and there'll be a fight about mm -hmm. it. But at least that, at that point, you have a chance. 
Um, and I don't know. I mean, is it possible? I think it's possible. You have, but that you have to be politically active. And when you look at a poll like this, it says only one percent of people want to become politically active. It's, it feels like a long shot a little bit. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Uh, also, makeuseof.com uh, had listed some utterly bizarre New Year's resolutions that have been made on Twitter. Some of these are probably not exactly serious, but um, uh, these are potentially serious. Let's uh, take a look at some of the uh, tweets from those who want to, uh, okay, stop procrastinating. That's probably that's a legitimate one. Legit. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have. Uh, eat less bacon. Edit. Less is more, so eat more bacon. <laughs> okay. Probably a little jokey mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from I Grow Beard. Uh, <laughs> New Year's resolution, <laughs> sex. Now, now, see, that again could that be could, serious. Could be serious. Could yeah. be totally Jeffy, serious. Jeffy, that's yours, right? Definitely serious. Was that yours? Plus, well, Jeffy? Plus. I want to get invited to one of the prince's parties. We know that one is done. Oh, no, man. I don't think you want to get you yourself involved in that, Jeffy. There's some, uh, some illicit activity other than just your normal neighborhood sort of, you know, proclivities. Yeah. I just want to be invited to the party, it's all. No. I you, don't think you do. I don't think you do. I don't do. think you've read that story fully. You might want to wait on that one. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's, I don't know. I think it's, it is a time to actually look at your life. And, and try to do something about it because I mm -hmm. you, and make it basic, like I you know you, there's no reason you can't do very certain basic things you know like if you want to spend spending time with your family is, is a great one like mm -hmm. I was thinking of my like I go out a lot with my wife and my kids and we do stuff together go out with my kids a lot and do stuff together but I don't do enough of one on one like I don't go out enough with just Zach or just Ainsley who's my daughter. Like, I don't do that enough. And I was thinking, you know, I want to do that more. I want to go out on just, like, you know, fa father, daughter, or father, son get-togethers. Where you go out, you just have dinner, you talk to them, you know, you, you do a fun activity with just them. Because I think that's important, and you remember that as you grow up. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, like, I want to do that more. And I don't know if that's a New Year's resolution, but it's something I want to do more of. And, you know, I yeah. guess you take, when you have six, seven months off, you start thinking about, um, you know, what you want to do, how you can change things to make your next year better than the last. And honestly, for me, the last year sucked. I hated it. <laughs> I, I, it sucked beyond all belief. And so I was thinking just mm -hmm. regression to the mean would, it would suggest mm -hmm. that we're going to have a better 2015, so I might as well make some changes to that, to that effect. <laughs> yes, it's a happy assessment, too. It's a terrible. <laughs> I was reading all these really positive things like, 2013 was the warm-up. 2014 was practice. 2015 is the game. <laughs> like, I saw it on Twitter posted a bunch of times. And I was like, actually, for me, last year sucked so bad, it's got to get a little bit better, right? That's about <laughs> as motivational as I can be. So just hope regression to the mean takes you back up a little bit this okay. year. Okay. All right. Happy thoughts uh, from <laughs> Stu. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven back. More of Pat and Stu coming up. And I hope that happens. Oh, it's not going to get better for you. Right? I mean, you know, you're new. You. It's always going to be bad. Your life's always going to be bad. Right? Again, start smoking more. Have you thought about that? I thought uh, about a carton a day. Two cartons a day. Three. <laughs> How many packs would that be? Thirty. Thirty cartons. Ten packs. <laughs> Jeffy become Speaker of the House. Uh, spoons for Speaker is the hashtag on that one. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm good, kind of good with that. Mm, yeah. I am, too, because that means you're not here. 
and I would be I would support any policy <laughs> that gets mm-hmm. you. Oh, I'd come back. I have got to come back. No, you can't. Uh, probably not, not until not until you're done. Someone else uh, tweeted, uh, Pat and Stu, sorry, uh, but I'd rather see Megyn Kelly over you 99.99999% of the time. Um, what is the point zero 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 one percent of the time? Mm. Like, I, I, I can't I mean, identify what that is. Not me. We'd rather see Megyn Kelly than us. Like, we've I been mean, thinking there's... for a while to just do the show with Megyn Kelly's face, and then <laughs> we just talk. You just see Megyn Kelly on the screen, and then we just talk in the background. That'd probably be a winning formula, actually. <laughs> we should try it. The best of both networks. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, um, yeah. Sad news this weekend uh, from ESPN, where Stuart Scott, who is one of their, I mean, one of the biggest sports center uh, anchors of all time, uh, passed away, long battle with cancer. I guess since 2000, was it six or seven? 2008, I think. Yeah, seven. No, seven. seven. Okay. He seven. He beat it uh, and uh, was cancer free for four years, I think, or th- something like that. And then he got it back in 2011, beat it again, got it back in 2013, and this time uh, was not able to uh, overcome it. But really sad. Um, yeah, I, I watched the ESPN tribute to Stuart Scott. It was really, it was emotional. It was, it was touching. He uh, kind of revolutionized the, the network to where we now see it. Because in 1993, it wasn't that, really. Uh, and then Stu Scott came in and was doing all these, you know, catchphrases and the booyah and, and really spicing it up with, with uh, different commentary. And it was, it was a little bit of a hip-hop c- c- kind of uh, mix into ESPN, made, I guess, some of the network executives a little uncomfortable, but they stuck with it and found out that it was working and people were relating to it and uh, went really well for them. And I know you say, you say the hip-hop. Network. The, the, the root of Booyah is actually mm-hmm. Beethoven. Was it? Yeah, it, well, it did come from wow. uh, I didn't realize. early symphony. Most people didn't, realize didn't that. know that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, You know, actually, Stuart Scott, I don't know. I never thought of that as far as um, like the hip-hop thing. One of the things I, I put with Stuart Scott, though, is... The I feel like his transformation. First of all, the story is tragic, and I, you know mm-hmm. it's like it's awful. And to see all these people who knew him closely, you know, sort of talk about him in such you know great ways, you could see he obviously affected a lot of people. Um, you know, he, I never was a big Stuart Scott fan as far as his you know appearances on on ESPN go. He kind of to me in my head marks that transition of them being sort of a sports network for sports fans and this sort of catchphrase machine mm-hmm. like this they just you know it's like you, with him it was like constant catchphrases you're waiting for him to say it. and i don't i don't like that per se um obviously it's very successful and they're making billions of dollars so shut up to me i mean i don't know what the hell i'm talking about obviously but that like that was not a positive transformation in my book because it was like you know they seemed like it was one of those things that was more about the guy giving you the highlights than the highlights um, and mm. I think th- they do a lot of great things at ESPN, too. But uh, th- that change I didn't think was necessarily a positive one. But he was a very talented guy, and a lot of people yeah, loved him. Uh, well, he, he brought a certain flair to it. Yeah. And, and I like the flair when, when they're delivering the, the sport. It just made it, I don't know, different. It, it just uh, it brought a certain je ne sais quoi yeah. to you, it, you, you, you actually I, talked I, to him. I liked it. And I, yeah, I, I was a big fan. And I talked to him in, uh, I don't know, when I was doing my show in Houston. And uh, one of the biggest disappointments uh, of my career was interviewing Stuart Scott because he was an awful interview, at least on that day. Right, right, right. Uh, I don't know if he didn't feel like doing it, so I don't know why he agreed to it or if he just got up on the wrong side of the bed or whatever. He was practically (laughs) non-responsive. I mean, it was 
<laughs> it was an unbelievably bad interview, and I just got a really bad taste from him on that particular day. But, you know, it, it, I still liked him. I still uh, wanted the best for him, and it's really sad. Certainly a talented guy. But all of, his, guy. all of his colleagues at ESPN seem to have loved him. Yeah, really. You know, they were all tearing up. Uh, Hannah Storm broke the news, and she broke into tears. Um, you know, Dan Patrick talked about him. Rich Eisen, uh, who's now with NFL Network, uh, all those guys seemed really broken up and, and that they really liked him. Uh, but, uh, but my experience personally with him was not great. You know, the one I had on the phone, but I didn't know the guy. Yeah, you know, so. it's funny. Leading up to his troubles, I had heard a lot of negative things about him as a guy, just a guy who, you know, he, was, he wasn't a pleasant guy to be around. Maybe he was a little uh, self-involved. Um, yeah, you but can again, imagine that's probably true. You, well, and you don't know that, right? I mean, mm -hmm. like, people say that all the time about television hosts, <laughs> and you don't know what the truth of it is. And I think you're, you're learning a little bit of the truth from the people he worked for, worked with him, and, and they, mm -hmm. those people are glowingly positive about him. So I'm sure that that's more true than the other side. Yeah, and he was great at the ESPYs uh, last year when he uh, talked about his battle with cancer, talked about his kids, brought one of his daughters up on stage with him. I mean, that was a really touching moment. It was, it was cool to I'm see. Only Forty-nine years old, by the way. Forty-nine. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. really. really he'd be, he'd been at ESPN for twenty-one, going on twenty-two years. Mm. So he was there since he was twenty-eight years old. Uh, pretty amazing, and even more amazing, maybe the fact that Barack Obama made a statement, uh, issued a statement about him. Of course. Full statement says, I will miss Stuart Scott. 20 years ago, Stu helped usher in a new way to talk about our favorite teams and the day's best plays. True enough. Uh, for much of those 20 years, public service and campaigns have kept me from my family, but wherever I went, I could flip on the TV and Stu and his colleagues on SportsCenter were there. Over the years, he entertained us, and in the end, he inspired us with courage and love. Michelle and I offered our, offer our thoughts and prayers to his family, friends, and colleagues. Interesting hmm. that he did not make a statement. For Chris Kyle, when Chris Kyle dies. Taking the same thing. <laughs> I know. Chris I just, Kyle dies. I saw he's got Sniper. nothing yeah. to say about it. Nothing. Stuart Scott dies, oh. and he's all over it. And look, it's t I, I, you know, I don't want to necessarily make it a political thing. Obviously, this guy just passed away, and it's nice yeah. that, the, that the president gave him a nice tribute. But it, the same thing it says something mind. about the president, I, though, not it Stuart does. Scott. I saw, uh, I saw American Sniper uh, over, the, over uh, vacation. Um, it's it's only in limited release right now. The story of Chris Kyle, really well done, great movie. Definitely go see it. I mean, it's fantastic. But you know, to look at that, and here's a guy who you see what he put at risk by going over there mm -hmm. and over and over again and fighting for our country over and over and over again to the point where you know, as the movie portrays, and Taya, his hurt wife, his wife, uh, it, it hurt his family, and she's happy with the with the way the movie came out too. She's not yeah, saying it was a is. negative telling. Mm -hmm. I mean, it put their family at an extreme amount of stress, um, and 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 he did that for our nation, you know, to protect us over and over four tours he did, and to see that happen and then no acknowledgement from the president of the United yeah, States. Yeah, nothing. I mean, to see that and you know, like I think it's great. Like Stuart Scott, you know, we all have people that we we like in entertainment and you know certain deaths hit you harder than others and mm -hmm. i understand that but you know chris kyle he, he's the legend he's but, the yeah. guy when you're the president of the united states you're commander in chief yeah. by the way and an american hero like this hmm. uh dies is killed senselessly in a murder um a guy who is incredibly well decorated uh uh, acknowledged by virtually everybody as one of our great American heroes of the last century, at least. 
uh, and you say not a word about him? I mean, that's, that, is, that says a lot about who you are as commander-in-chief, I think. It's, it's really a shame. It's a very telling. 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. More patents to come. And he didn't mention the passing of little Jimmy Dickens. Huh. Of course. Oops. No, he did not. Little, little Jimmy Dickens? Who is the Opry? Huh. Like you don't know who he is. Yeah. No. A little fuzzy on Jimmy. Just a tad. Really? Yeah. Just a come on. This is the new format uh, of the show. Uh, you're just going to see this photo uh, basically just on the screen, and then you'll hear us talking, and mm -hmm. then uh, we, we think that's going to be a lot better than our current program. Uh, that's a winning formula, man. That's actually, that's actually not a bad idea. That's yeah, a wherever great Fox idea. is up in any, any building at all, people are going to be going, oh, Megan's still up there. Yeah. yeah. And then look at we're getting all the ratings. <laughs> Money's going directly into our pockets, uh, into, uh, well, into Glenn's pocket. And all right. He, he spends it on gold. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. And. Uh, liberty safes, as we found out earlier today. <laughs> or simply safe. Schleppen, yes, simply safe. safe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Every kind of safe. You notice that? Mm -hmm. This guy's got a thing with safes. Uh -huh. What's huh. going on? What's uh, going on? Something's going on there. Uh, something's going on at white restaurants. Oh, I hate too. white restaurants. Oh, who doesn't? Oh, I, never... I don't like these whitey cracker hangouts. I'll man. tell you this. When I go into a restaurant and there's a, a white person in there, I leave immediately. <laughs> uh, I do not want to dine with white people. Here's I will not dine Something with to white consider people. that mm -hmm. if there's not a white person in, mm -hmm. when you go in, now there is. Now then I leave. So you That's why you leave. Then I immediately so, okay. leave. Mm -hmm. right. So you never make it to a restaurant. I've never been to a restaurant, no. <laughs> and you can tell by this physique that I've never been to a restaurant. Actually, all I did over vacation, and mm -hmm. you can probably tell, uh, was eat. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's all I did was eat. Uh, so when, so when I say that, I didn't, we didn't necessarily make a New Year's resolution. I am making a resolution to eat less somehow. Mm -hmm. I, it's almost impossible to eat more than I did over the past few weeks. But I'm going to eat less than I did then, mm -hmm. because uh, if not, I will be dead in a couple of uh, couple days. I'd be ashamed. <laughs> hey, I uh, want to talk to you about smoking more. Can we talk about that after? <laughs> I got a big, I just bought carton after carton for you. <laughs> I will. I'll load you up with so many cigarettes. Okay, so, um, yeah, so th this is, uh, you know, I, when you think about white restaurants, you mm -hmm. think about um, restaurants because anyone can go into a restaurant. There's mm -hmm. no white restaurants anymore. It's not 1945. No. Uh, right. It's, uh, you know, we've moved, we've advanced a little bit. We let everyone into our restaurants now. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. So what exactly are white spaces? I don't particularly know unless it's, uh, you know, New York restaurants and Oakland res restaurants, because, by the way, that's the two cities this happened in, where mainly white patrons are in there at any given time. Okay. And so these black protesters, they were calling themselves Black Brunch, went into these restaurants and were protesting. And, uh, and one of them, one tweet posted by this New York City group, Black Brunch, said that every 28 hours, a black unarmed civilian is murdered by the state. This is, uh... this is why we disrupt. Well, 
No. No. First of all, no. No. No, no that's no, not true. It's not. True. I I don't know how they're arriving at that. If if you take the um, the number of black pe- black men who are women or whatever who are shot by police plus executed uh, in any given and all year, of those are just murders and all of those are murders. I yeah. and you consider that to be murdered by the state? Maybe you could. I don't know. You mean uh, if you lie? Yeah, is that if, what you're trying to say? Yes. If you tell falsehoods about statistics, then well, because we had the stat right before the vacation, something like a uh, hundred and forty or something blacks were killed by police last year. And right? of course, those aren't. I mean, the overwhelming and that's not unarmed of them. Yeah, were, were criminally justified, which is why mm-hmm. you didn't hear about them. Yes. Uh, you know, that's, that's how that tends to work. And on the other hand, it was 356 whites? Yeah, see, by their definition, unfortunately, so... you're, what you're going to find out is the, the state is killing a lot more whiteies. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a problem. So you're should have there to be a with. white brunch now? Should, I assume or... that the white people should be able to eat there because they have been murdered mm-hmm. at a much higher rate than, than you've been. Yeah. But yeah. I, you know what? Let's not focus on the statistics. Okay. It's not a smart thing to do in these particular situations. Let's focus on the fact that they're going into predominantly white spaces and doing this. And I don't, I, I hate this kind of thing where you go in and randomly to a bunch of people who are completely disconnected from any of this, who have uh, nothing to do with whether a, a, a cop shoots a black person or a white person or a Hispanic person or shoots anybody or doesn't shoot anybody. You've got nothing to do with the situation. All you're doing is minding your own business, living your life, going in and want you want brunch at, at your favorite restaurant on a Sunday afternoon, and then you get this kind of stuff. Yeah, and you, let's, it's ballsy to do it, particularly in uh, New York right now, right after two hmm. cops were executed by people with the same ideology. Uh, by a man who came up and decided to execute two cops because he believed this was happening, although it's not. That's a, you know, an important yeah. addition to the story. It's not yeah. happening at these epidemic rates, which they claim. Uh, and these are just lies, straight-out lies, and they get believed by someone uh, you know, uh, who's responsible for his actions, by the way. A guy in Baltimore comes up and starts executing police officers. Uh, you know, to do that in New York now? Uh, wow. Uh, you yeah. know, you, you obviously, like, you know, you do what you want, but that's, uh, I would not advise it. Yeah, if you, if you flip this situation around and it was white people, and white people were upset by uh, police shooting whites, and then let's say it was black cops killing, killing whites, and we were protesting that, and then some maniac walked up to two black officers and shot them and killed them in their car, and then shortly thereafter, we're out protesting and doing a white brunch kind of thing. Uh, can you imagine the outcry there would be? Uh, people would, you would be, you would be practically drummed out of society for that. I, I don't even, you'd probably lose your job if you were pictured in any of these photos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, oh, people, it would be excoriating. People forward things that are mildly racist and lose oh. their jobs all the time. I mean, to go in and to call yourself a white brunch and, mm. and to, to basically remove the black people from a restaurant, I think, would be a tad offensive. And by the way, that's a handy-dandy tool. What Pat just did is a handy-dandy tool. In case you're wondering, if you're out there, you happen to be mm-hmm. someone who uh, uh, is a black person or a white person. You're thinking mm-hmm. to yourself... Would this be racist? Is what, am I, what, am I, what I am involved in, is it racist? And a great way to do that is think about the other race uh, that you're, you're maybe in conflict with in this particular issue. And uh, think about them doing the exact same thing. 
just switch the names from black to white. And if you consider mm -hmm. that to be acceptable, then what you're doing probably isn't racist. If you think it would be abhorrent and you would go to the streets and, uh, and try to get that person fired, then you might be an actual racist. It's sort of the uh, uh, Jeff Foxworthy approach. Uh, <laughs> and trying to figure out if you're racist. And mm -hmm. it's a handy-dandy tool. It's something to consider maybe before you rush to the streets. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's something to consider before you call Al Sharpton. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy idea, but maybe a little introspection. Mm -hmm. a little, just being a little bit introspective there. It was, helpful? It helped, maybe a tad helpful. Uh, a little bit helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, you know, you, you mentioned the epidemic situation, which is... Uh, not happening. There is no epidemic of cops shooting black no, people. Not a thing. Uh, and there was a good um, uh, article written about this on Front Page magazine uh, by Jack Kerwick. He said, recently I claimed that everyone, politicians, academics, and media commentators who promoted the idea that police brutality is a national epidemic or even a growing concern, as one self-styled libertarian put it, share some culpability for the murders of the two NYPD officers who were gunned down in their vehicle. Is that not a fair statement to make at this particular point? The in, when you consider, and I know you hate this, mm -hmm. but when you consider the way the other side does this, that I agree with. It's totally legitimate. Yes. If, if you, you're going to play their game, you have to do that. You're 100% right there, Pat. I mean, now, we hate playing their game. Right. But that's what uh, Jack appears to be doing here. Yeah, and it's like if you want to take the stand, because, you know, this happens all the time. Whenever someone does something, um, you know, th this happened with Glenn. I can remember specific instances with Glenn in which they, the media would come out and say it was essentially Glenn's fault that someone did something terrible who also liked lower taxes or something. And you're sitting here and you're like, well, you, Glenn can't be held responsible for the 10 million people and the individual actions they take. And I do think that there was some of that is unfair as well when it goes to, you know, it goes to Al Sharpton. It's like if Al Sharpton is out there publicly, which he did, he did say publicly that, you know, we want this to be, be peaceful. He, he can't be held responsible for a criminal in B Baltimore going up there and, and executing police officers. Now, is he helping the situation? No. Um, but, you know, mm -hmm. can he be held responsible? I honestly don't think that's fair. And I, I know that's not a popular viewpoint because right now it's Al Sharpton doing it. But stop and wait till the next time somebody that you like is talking about an issue that they're passionate about. When we talk about the Constitution, and, and, you know, it's very rare when this happens, but if someone who claims to be Mr. Constitutional goes out and does something terrible, you can't be held responsible because you also like less regulation on businesses. That, that's not how that works. It's, yeah. it's unfair to assign it. And this happened to Pat and I, in fact. I gave a very specific example. We were on the air um, filling in for Glenn one day, and, and uh, there was a shooting. A liberal uh, went in and shot somebody. And uh, we found the comments that he made that were almost word for word off of the Keith Olbermann show. And we went on to the air and we said, look, this guy, Keith Olbermann is responsible for this. Keith That's Olbermann right. said these exact same things. And this guy went up there and shot a bunch of people based on those same ideas. Whose fault? It's Keith Olbermann's fault. And then we paused. <laughs> And we said, now, obviously, we don't actually believe that, but this is the same type of thing they try to pull on Glenn all the time, and then went on to explain that. Media Matters, one of the hack organizations uh, uh, out there that tries to bash conservatives, just stopped the tape before we said, well, obviously, we don't believe that, but they just, they just took it out and just said, Pat Gray and Struber Gear blame Keith Olbermann for the shootings. Right. And they just posted it on their website. <laughs> <laughs> they, actually, they actually retracted that one. It was that yeah, bad. Fortunately, because they, they were total buffoons yeah. there 
<laughs> uh, and they were caught in their buffoon buffoonery. Yeah. But, uh, usually that doesn't happen. No, usually people don't bother to check. So, yeah. uh, you know, that stuff does happen. And, and so I'm, I'm a little sensitive to that argument because you can't blame um, the leader of a political movement for the acts of their individual. No, that's um, true. Unless they're calling for it. Yeah. And like, you know, what the people use for an example, the people saying, what do we want dead cops? How do we want, uh, when do we want it now? Those people, I think there's a legitimate argument to be made. Those people can be held responsible. They were asking yeah. for it. They were encouraging yep. those actions. But to say because you believe a, a certain person was, you know, um, there, there wasn't justice for, you know, Michael Brown. And because you led that movement means that you're responsible for everybody who also believes that is a bit of a stretch. Yeah. There's a line there, and I think it, it's direct action. If you're encouraging direct action, I want cops murdered, well, then, then you are responsible for it. Yeah, I think this uh, front-page magazine guy is being a little hyperbolic here. Yeah. But he's making a great point mm -hmm. that this is not just dangerous rhetoric to talk about this so-called epidemic of police brutality. It's just it's a flat-out lie. It's a flat-out lie. Mm -hmm. And he says, according to the Department of Justice's Office of Community-Oriented Policing surfaces. In 1999, of 44, and this is probably one of the last years they've they've uh, they have a report on on these kinds of stats. Mm -hmm. Of 44 million people who had face-to-face -face interactions with police officers. Okay, 44 million people had face-to-face -face interaction with a police officer. Less than one half of one percent felt threatened with or actually experienced force. Less than one half yeah. of one percent. And that includes people who are just threatened by it. Yes. Like, what's that, get down on the ground or I'm going to shoot? I mean, I mean that's, I, I, that's amazing. That and could, I mean, mistaken identity, that could happen. And more whites than blacks and Hispanics of course, uh, felt threatened or um, unhappy with their interaction with police officers. So Wait, the that? whole thing goes out the wow, window. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. It was like 83% for whites were happy with their interaction. 84%, I think, of uh, blacks and like 86% of Hispanics, something, something along those lines. Why, it was unbelievable. Why are these number. cops against whites? Why? It's a great question, Stu. We need why? to ask it mm -hmm. and probe it and keep asking it and show up and do some white brunches. Well, I, I would just take a regular yeah. brunch, honestly, right about now. Okay. I, haven't, I haven't eaten in like oh 15 gosh, minutes. Oh, my starving. Right? It was that resolution. <laughs> yeah, screw that resolution. Gone. It was uh, gone. The, the resolution was there before the tyranny of the white cop. <laughs> Thank, you. Okay? Now, Thank you. Now we have it's an time excuse. to eat. Let's okay? eat. More Pat and Stu coming up when we have food. Where, where's, where's, the where's the food? Where's the food? Where is the food? Brunch! Patents do. Uh, according to the Telegraph, Hollywood is banking on Return of the Jedi. Uh, I suppose they're talking about a big return for the new Star Wars. Is that what they're... Uh, in the end, it turns out 2014 was the year the Thunderbolt struck while a uh, comedy caper involving the leader of North Korea, Seth Rogen, turned into an international uh, incident, really. December's controversy over the non-release of the interview cast into shade Hollywood's worst year for ticket sales in two decades. So, 
not a good year for Hollywood this year. They've been breaking records every year, like clockwork, up until I think either this year or last year. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, uh, the magic is kind of gone. And so they're counting on next year's Star Wars. But that doesn't come out until December. Is it really December? Yeah. Oh, December 15th, I think I saw uh, at the theater when they did a preview. But didn't you see the, uh, the interview? I did see the interview. I uh, rented it on YouTube. Apparently, is a thing now. It's not amazing. Do it. After yeah. all of the all of the hype and yeah. all of that, we're not going to release it. It's released everywhere. Yeah, I mean, everybody has it. Yeah. You can. They're practically shipping copies to all of our houses yeah. so we can watch this thing. Yeah, and it was it was interesting. Uh, you know, the movie itself, first of all, was was okay. It it wasn't great. You know, it was it had some really funny parts. Um, you know, it, it was a kind of a funny concept. Yeah. There, there's something like the host of the show, like they go to an interview and it's, uh, what's his name, James, James Franco. And he's, he plays this character that's so absurd that there's no way he would have a successful show. So, like, there's things like that that were just like, you know, I didn't particularly like. The one interesting thing I thought about the movie, though, was let's just take the, the, the standard narrative of what happened. The mm. interview is coming out. It's about killing Kim Jong-un. Um, and uh, and North Korea gets pissed off about it, like they do about everything. They hack these servers to punish them. The movie doesn't get released, and it goes to uh, you know YouTube. Now, there's parts of that that I don't know if they're true. They're thinking there have been some speculation that it was actually insiders at the company or wronged employees this whole time, and so we don't know what the actual truth is. But take the standard narrative here for a second. Yeah, FBI. By the way, FBI says North Korea, a private company hired uh -huh. to track these guys down, say. Uh, why are you saying, well, we find that this is a group of disgruntled ex-employees. Yeah, strange. Especially because really we've weird. actually put sanctions on North Korea based on this. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. on other things as well, but we put new sanctions on based on this hack. And there are people saying that maybe it wasn't the truth. But just taking it on its face for a second. Uh, obviously, North Korea's, uh, their government is insane. And they do things all the time that are insane. They build mm -hmm. giant hundred-story towers that, that uh, pyramids that look like the biggest hotel in the world that <laughs> wind up being empty for thirty years, and then they put glass on them to make them look nice, even though there's nothing going on inside. Okay, this is the country we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. But it, they should not have protested this movie because I believe that this movie was the most positive portrayal of Kim Jong Un that's ever appeared in Western media. Really? For almost that. the entire movie, this guy's actually a good guy. He is, uh, he's funny, he's a party animal, he's having a great time, he's, had, he's dealing with family issues, you kind of feel bad for him throughout <laughs> most of the movie. He has basically one drunken, angry rant in the whole movie. The rest of the time, he seems like a pretty cool guy. I mean, like, I actually, you kind of like him. Uh, in, in all honesty, I think if this hacking scandal didn't happen, the controversy around this movie was that they portrayed him as too nice. Right. Amazing. They actually, I think, I, I, I think there would have been conservative complaints about, wait a minute, this guy is not some, like, goofy character. He's murdering his own people. He's a modern-day Adolf Hitler, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And yes, the movie's about killing him, but for most of the movie, they don't want to do it. Most of the movie, they're spending trying to figure out, I mean, you know, the main character in the movie who's, you know, kind of portrayed as an idiot and maybe he's falling for this propaganda or whatever. But most of the movie, he's pretty, pretty darn cool. And if this was actually who this guy was, it would be a much more uh, disputed narrative of, of what North Korea was. Instead, you know, mm -hmm. like the reality is this guy is a brutal dictator who's one of the worst people on the planet who is 
taken what Hitler has done and, and implemented a lot of those concepts on his own people. Uh, amazingly, uh, it, it was actually a, pre I would say, there has never been a more positive portrayal of Kim Jong-un that's ever appeared in the Western media as this movie. I mean, uh, you, people don't say nice things. Maybe Dennis Rodman would be the only other one you mm. could talk about, which this guy got hammered for. This, it, it, they basically portrayed him as the Dennis Rodman character for 90% of the movie, the, the, what, how Dennis Rodman said he, he was. Kind of interesting. <laughs> Uh, so what did, what did it cost you to rent on YouTube? I believe it was five ninety nine. I didn't know YouTube was. Did you oh, hook yeah, that in through that. your or is it on your TV or did you watch it? On I computer, watched it on my computer, but that was mm. my wife was watching another movie, so I just put on my headphones and was watching it. On uh, I wanted to see it because you know you get to that moment I was, I was like you know what patriotism I'm watching this stupid movie. Mm -hmm. I mean I was mildly interested in it. I, I don't I, I don't think I would have seen it in the theater. Maybe I would have watched it someday, but I was interested in it because of the controversy. Yeah. Um, and it was but it was it was okay. I will say I also saw American Sniper, which was much more than okay. It was a great movie. It's coming out January 16th, so go see that movie. Movie, um, you know, uh, for no other reason than just to stick it to Jesse Ventura, uh, which is that is not portrayed at all in the movie. And if you if you uh, want to see it now and you live in a major metropolitan area, it's probably in one theater. Yeah, that's where it is. That's yeah, where, where it is in, in the DFW area. It's in one. It's in limited release. So if you're in a big city, it's probably in one theater right now. What movies did you see over vacation? Uh, saw uh, Into the Woods. Uh, which we could talk about. I saw um, uh, the Imitation Game. Oh, you did see. I want did to see, see that. that. And uh, the Hobbit. Wow. Jeffy. And uh, uh, I also saw Hunger Games. Oh, then the, the latest. New. Oh yeah. Good. Mocking Jay. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. That's good. No okay. fan. game talk because we haven't even mentioned it uh, but uh, the SEC got their anus handed to him over the week over the uh, holiday break <laughs> God now Jeffy because his son went to Missouri is a big Missouri and SEC fan now and the fact is they were two and five in bowl games from the so-called power division of the SEC <laughs> And the only ones who won were the SEC teams from the crap division. But they were undefeated. And they were... So what, maybe they're not the crap division, I think. 2-0, 3-0? and the SEC, What uh, were they? 5-0, and I think. 5-0? Yeah, I, I think the, the East... Did 12 was SEC teams the go West, to bowl games? The West, is, yeah, the West is Alabama. East is Missouri. Right. West is Alabama. So East West is Missouri. Is, West yeah, is West the is the power crappy. conference. Right. Or, yeah. West is the crappy one now. <laughs> they are East now. Good one, yeah. I mean, they all—not uh, all, but many of them—lost. And I was just—they did. But the, however, uh, let's you know, we, the SEC gauntlet of playing each other. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, is that right? Pulls its toll at okay. the end of the year. The oh, Big Ten gauntlet didn't take any toll. The Big Twelve gauntlet didn't take any. The Pac-12 gauntlet. None of those no. have gauntlets. Really? Yeah. Huh? Because the only ones yeah, standing. Right. 
are from the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Well, I know that because, hmm. you know, bottom line, the argument for the SEC is that so a team like Alabama, even when they lose, should be in the championship because they're yeah. so good. That's correct. And then they lose to an Ohio State team with their third-string quarterback in. I'm, you have no argument. Well, Urban Meyer. None. I mean, He's fantastic. Urban obviously. Meyer. What a great coach. Yeah. You can come to BYU anytime you want, Urban. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's I, nice of you. I uh, offer that invitation to you now. Really? Even though they, yeah. you don't, you're not a spokesman for the school. No, I'm not. I've got you just a fan. You used to live out there, I think, somewhere in that neck of the woods, didn't he? Uh, Urban? Yes, yeah. he coached yeah. for the uh, fact, when, University of Utah. Oh, that's when, right. That's right. That's down yes. the road a ways from you. When the school I mean, came to, a, to Houston, yeah. you, not only were you not given free tickets, you had to pay for expensive <laughs> tickets on StubHub. <laughs> So that's how far you are from a spokesperson for the school. <laughs> Thank you for uh, bringing that up. I just to remind that. you of that. Yeah. Urban Meyer, though, I was just looking at his record because he's so impressive. And when he was at, I don't know, where did he start? Like Ball State or something? He's, uh, I don't know, some crap town state university. And he was like 85-0 and 0 there, right? He didn't coach, of course, 85 games at, at that. And then he goes to Utah, oh, and he's 10-2 and two and 12-0 and 0 in, in his two years there. Then he goes to Florida, and you know what he did there, including uh, two national championships. Uh, now he's at Ohio State. Nobody thought he could do anything. I think he's been 11-1, and 12-0, and 13-1. and I mean, the guy just wins like yeah, he does. crazy everywhere. He's got like an 85% winning percentage as, as an NCAA Division I coach. It's amazing. It's crazy. Uh, what's his first school? Do you have it there? Yet? Coaching career, uh, well, high school, then Ohio. Well, forget high school. <laughs> his first college uh, uh, head coaching his job. first head coaching job. Was, was it Bowling, Bowling Green? Green? Bowling yeah, Bowling Green. Green. And what was he there? He was impressive there. Uh, I don't have a record. At Bowling Green. But he's got an 844 is the, is the total record, if that's what you said. Eight, yeah, I said 85%, yeah. so it was 84-something. 84%. <laughs> that's incredible. That's really good. <laughs> That's a guy you want coaching your football team when you're going into the national championship, I would say. Yes, it is. You know, everybody's talking about uh, Nick Saban and, and uh, the rest of these guys. I, I take Urban Meyer every time. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Stu, walk us uh, walk us through this first. Uh, well, we talked uh, talked about it quite a bit, which here. was uh, Louis Gohmert uh, for House Speaker. How about that? How about that? How about uh, Speaker of the House? Be I don't know, Louis Louis Gohmert uh, from Texas. Okay, do you, you want think to that's a good idea? Yes, I do. Yeah, I think I do that's too. a good idea, and I, I think uh, hopefully people are calling uh, still to. We can maybe put the uh, switchboard number up uh, again for people to know. And look, Louis Gohmert's a guy. He's from Texas. If you don't know him, he's been on the show many times. He has a 100% voting record with Freedom Works. He is on the right side of pretty much every issue. He's outspoken. Mm -hmm. People criticize him uh, for that. I mean, it certainly I like it. It makes yeah. uh, for good, uh, good uh, you know, radio and, and t television. He's a guy who doesn't back down from uh, you know what he believes in, and that's what we want. You have Boehner right now who's been terrible. Let's be honest about it. I, I think even his wife would say. Yeah, he's been terrible. At his I think job. she has uh, you know, come out and said that. She, I, like, she's, she's not terrible. Gonna, she might not even say it publicly, but I think if you got her, you could tell if, the way if, she looks. Yeah, if, she thinks he's terrible. If like, let's be, let's be, if, if you're at a, a nice mm -hmm. um, steak restaurant, mm -hmm. you're a, you're a waiter or waitress. Uh, him and his wife are sitting down for a nice steak uh, dinner. He gets up to the, go to the bathroom. You walk over to his wife and say, "He's done a terrible job as speaker, hasn't he?" She'd say, "Yes." That's you know, what I'm she, saying. Yeah. Now she would deny. Later on, but mm -hmm. she'd say he sucks. Yes. Look, he sucks. All right, I, you know I love him. He's my husband, but he sucks at his job. Yeah, uh, and that's He's what I would be say. Coming about back, go sit down. Yeah, a twenty-three percent mm -hmm. um, uh, FreedomWorks 
voting record. 23%. On the bills they scored, right? Yes. Now, there, yeah, there is a little bit of a qualifier there, as Pat points out. They don't mm -hmm. typically, uh, the speakers of the House apparently don't vote on most bills, which I didn't really I didn't, realize. I but, didn't either. Uh, there was a lot of votes he just abstains from, I guess, uh, mm. as Speaker. Uh, but the ones he voted on, 23% of them uh, were uh, voted 23% uh, Freedom Works. Many Democrats have a higher uh, rating with Freedom Works than 23%. Yeah. Many. Yeah. Some of them uh, double. Uh, I was looking at uh, John Barrow from Georgia, who's a Democrat. He has a 52% uh, rating from Freedom Works. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's more than double John Boehner. That's, uh, that should not happen. Again, it's not like if John Boehner was a, a Republican congressman from Massachusetts. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Okay. I get it. We're not going to all get great congressmen. And every but GOP. you don't want him to be but Speaker of the House. Why is he the leadership? Why is he know. the guy representing conservative values? That's absurd, okay? Yeah. That's absurd at this point. Louis Gohmert is a great e example of a guy who should be, uh, who would be a great leader. Um, but there are others, and as, as even um, uh, Representative Gohmert mentioned, a couple of guys. But the, right now you need 29 votes. You need 29 people to stand up and make a statement. Last time, in 2013, they attempted this. Um, they tried to do it, like, sort of uh, under the table. Basically, they went to people and said, would you vote against Boehner? They said, I will vote against Boehner. Then they went in there, and many of them didn't vote against Boehner. Okay, many of them... Yeah, just... they were supposed to have 12. And they were supposed to have 12 on the initial ballot or something that they absolutely had confirmation were voting against him. Three did. Three, Everybody I else. it was six, but it was something much less, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was uh, way under what they thought. Yeah, which is, you know, it's, it's typical Washington politics. You're getting <clears> pressured <throat> behind the scenes. You realize, as the vote's coming down, you realize, oh, crap. This isn't going to work. And you wuss out. And then you wuss out. And that's what happened last time. Um, and, but, of course, if everyone who did want to vote that way came up and stood their ground, it would work. Right. Now, the way it happens is basically if you get 29 votes, there's less than a majority um, uh, for Boehner. And so as long as those people hold their ground, there's just vote after vote after vote to see who gets a majority. You have to get a majority. So eventually Boehner would have to withdraw his name from uh, from uh, consideration, and or people would stop voting for him. And don't let your representative, if you're calling today, and you should, uh, don't let your rep tell, tell you, well, if he votes or she votes uh, for somebody other than Boehner, uh, that increases the chance that Nancy Pelosi could be Speaker of the House again. You don't want that, do you? That's a bullcrap uh, bull response. Not true. Because 57 Republicans, I think we were told, 57 would have to vote present. So they vote for no one. They just say present. And then it, it, all they have to do is vote for someone. And Nancy Pelosi can't be speaker. Right. So There's it's, no chance just, of it. it's a it's, nonsensical it's, excuse. It's a nonsensical excuse. It's a lie. I, have to, I, I happen to believe anyone who's t telling you that it knows it's a lie. Yeah, they have you know, to. It's, it's, it's one of those things where they don't want to be punished. Either they, and they also want you to believe they're a real conservative. So they'll tell you, well, I don't want Nancy Pelosi. But that's really a bullcrap excuse. It can't mm -hmm. happen unless, unless Republicans start voting for Nancy Pelosi. And obviously, we don't think that should happen. Um, so if, if your Republican representative starts voting for Nancy Pelosi, yeah, you know then, they're awful. Yeah. Um, but unless that starts happening, there's no chance of that going on. Um, Louis Gohmert would win long before that happens because Republicans mm -hmm. would vote for Louis Gohmert over Nancy Pelosi. If you believe your representative won't do that, then you don't have a Republican representative. Uh, they're actually just saying they're a Republican and they're not. Um, look, Louis would be great. I think even, let's just say, 
you come out there and you get the votes and it's 29 votes, 30 maybe, you know, again, the 29 is very gettable. You have uh, 10 already that are committed publicly to do this. You have three that voted against Boehner last time. So you figure you should be able to get them again, right? That gets you to 13. There are uh, eight others that have a 100% voting record with FreedomWorks. They should be gettable. There are another another group of uh, 14 that have a 95% FreedomWorks voting record. Then there is another, that gets you to 35, by the way. Then there are 50 freshmen coming in who have never who have no connection to Boehner, and many of them ran against Boehner uh, as they were running for office. Uh, you should be able to get to 29. easily be there. Now, what happens, and this is possible, you get to 35, 40 votes, Boehner cannot be elected, he will turn up a somewhat more conservative option who's still kind of an ally with Boehner, and then that guy is able to get the votes. And so it might not be Louis Gomer. It might be somebody else. But first of all, if you can get someone more conservative, that's always the better choice uh, in these situations. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it takes, sends a real um, uh, message to the establishment. Eric Cantor did the same thing. Dave Bratt won. He took out Eric Cantor. Um, here's a, the ultimate establishment guy. He took him out. Um, and now he is there voting against Boehner. He's committed to vote against Boehner um, for speaker. And when you have that... Um, this is how you start turning these things around over a long period of time. You don't always win with the first time you try it. As we saw in 2013, it didn't work. Um, there have been elections that have gone the wrong way where the establishment guy has won out. But these, we're making slow and steady progress all the time, and we've gone a good step in the right direction. And here's, uh, to me, the surprising announcement uh, that Louis Gohmert made on Fox News yesterday, that he was in the market to become Speaker of the House. We've heard from a lot of Republicans that, gee, I'd vote for somebody besides uh, Speaker Boehner, but nobody will put their name out there as running, so there's nobody else to vote for. Well, that changed yesterday when my friend Ted Yoho said, I'm putting my name out there, I'll be a candidate for Speaker, and I'm putting my name out there also today to be another candidate for Speaker. If elected Speaker, how will you be different from John Boehner? Well, first of all, we will fight amnesty tooth and nail. We will use the powers of the purse. We'll have better oversight. We will fight to defund Obamacare, and we have positive solutions. And Paul Ryan and I are very similar on this, health savings accounts. We've got solutions that will return power back to the people, have a doctor-patient relationship again. We'll get back to regular order. Love him. How do you, how do you argue with that? It's not kind of weird, though, the... the uh, the vote is tomorrow. He announced yesterday. Oh, by the way, I'm in it, too. That's amazing. Yeah. Why, why don't you jump into that ring a little bit sooner so that people have a while to think about this? Uh, well, people don't want to do it. I mean, and Louis, it's been the holidays, too, right? Yeah, I mean, no, yeah. Coming people off the holidays. Probably wouldn't necessarily pay attention. But, I mean, people don't want to do this. People don't want they to come don't. out because they're going to lose committee assignments. They're going, I mean, you know, Louis's probably like, screw it. I mean, he just doesn't care about that stuff. He doesn't care about the game, and that's why we love him. Yeah. Um, you know, but he is. He cares about the country. Cares about the country, um, and so I think there's. A, I think it's a great opportunity to really send a legitimate message, a Dave Bratt victory type of message. If if mm-hmm. just just even if it's somebody we don't necessarily love, maybe it's not Louis Gohmert in the end, but if it's someone who's a little bit more conservative and uh, you know will we'll do things a little bit better, uh, that's a huge message to send. It's it's a powerful mm-hmm. um, signal to send to Washington, and again moves us just a little bit more down the right path. And the thing is, if uh, if you do get to the twenty nine. So that you you block Boehner on the next ballot, somebody else might jump in, like a Jim Jordan, 
who maybe has a little bit better shot than Louis Gohmert. I don't know, but Jim Jordan would be great as well. Maybe a Trey Gowdy throws his hat into the ring. Somebody who sees, all right, I'm not going to get punished because Boehner's not going to be speaker anymore. Somebody else could jump in there, and, and maybe they got a shot too. Right. Uh, when, they, when, and when there's a power vacuum, everybody rushes forward it, yeah. towards it. You've seen it you know, a million times. When you know, some, someone is removed uh, that mm -hmm. has been seen as the powerful person, everyone scampers to collect their power. So we just got to get to that 29 threshold, so give them a call uh, today. Call your local representatives too. Call them in, uh, at their local number. You don't have to call the, the uh, D.C. number. You can call their local office and, and say, look, yeah, stop with the Boehner thing. Yeah. Okay. And another recommendation is go to Jeffy's house and visit him. He, he loves you. What's he the address? <laughs> Give us the address again. So they could come by if they want. I'd uh -huh. appreciate a call first so I have the product waiting. I mean, so I knew that they were coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Triple uh, Back. More patents, too. Come on. I think there's an issue in some of our agreements with cable providers that we don't you necessarily don't advertise. your product necessarily. Your product. You know, said come by. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Come by. Don't, don't go by. <laughs> Seven two seven back. It's happens to welcome. Welcome back. Uh, it's great to be back. You know what? I, I hate this time of year so much, though. Am I alone on that? Or you're with me. Uh, you take yeah. down all the Christmas decorations. Mm -hmm. It's like naked in your house again. There's nothing going on. There's no Not much changes, vacation really. Vacation to look forward to. <laughs> like, yeah. Now Jeffy's always naked in your house. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I agree. Today we drove in. It was 26 degrees. 26 it's degrees. Ridiculous. In, in Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, yeah which is super cold. It's gonna get colder than too. It's inhuman. <laughs> Jeffy, it's inhuman. Shouldn't happen. I didn't move here for 26 degrees. I moved here because I wanted it to be mm -hmm. 56 degrees. Thank you. When we lived, I was thinking about that mm -hmm. this morning. When we lived in Pennsylvania, you expected it. Mm -hmm. I'm living in Pennsylvania. It's going to snow. It's going to ice. And it, right. You know, a little bit when it did, you're fine. Okay, it's going to be that way. Yep. Uh, we cry moved to babies. Dallas. Yes, we cry moved to Dallas. For, for a reason. Yes. Man up. Man up, cry babies. I really hate it. I, and, and, I love it. And, so, and I can I take it. it around Christmas because yeah. it's Christmas. And yes. uh, okay, I can take it. When you get to this time Except of year, Christmas, it was about 60. <laughs> Which I was fine with, actually. <laughs> it was cold every day up until Christmas. And then on Christmas, it was about 60. Then right after Christmas, it's cold 38 again. degrees. Sucks. Yeah. That's where we are. Not a fan. Not a fan of the weather. And so I, that, that thing, when, you're getting, when you have the weather and you don't even have the Christmas stuff, then, yeah, it's, yeah, it's rough. It's, it's a sad time of year. Yeah. And, no, and you're right. Vacation, we just went through a thousand days of vacation so mm -hmm. we don't have that right around the corner anymore no nope. uh, you know but Nothing we do to have to. the nfl playoffs life isn't uh, worth living which is the college football is over horrifically disappointing college football is virtually is it's over for so, me i mean yeah, yeah. Uh, ohio so. state oregon who cares, I mean, I'm, who cares? I'm, I'm, I'm i'm rooting for oregon um i am and too I, and i but like I, really ohio, I was rooting for ohio state hard against alabama me too but you know because chip kelly coach of the eagles i'm, I'm kind of rooting for oregon to win a national i was definitely rooting for oregon over florida state I hate yeah. Florida State. oh my god I, this james winston uh, drives me out of my mind hey what a uh, sensational character he is <laughs> that's an interesting it's way too to bad he doesn't play for BYU. yeah i'm just really glad <laughs> Ooh, the guy is i mean one thing after another with him 
And every time they say, well, it's a little immature and he's coming around and he's going to do better and promise to be good. Uh-huh. And then he does something the next day. Yeah. I, it's crazy. He just reminded me, though, uh, Marcus Mariota <laughs> won the Heisman uh, yeah, from yeah. Oregon, quarterback of Oregon. The president also released a statement about him oh, because he, he really? played at uh, 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 oh. a rival of Punahou High. Oh, which St. Is Louis, where, right? Did he play at St. Louis? <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, I guess, uh, from Hawaii. No, there's and, a St. Louis in yeah. Honolulu. There's a St. Louis. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It might have been them. Um, but the point is, yeah, no Chris Kyle, but mm. yes on Stuart yeah. Scott, yes, yes on, on Marcus, Marcus Mariota. Uh, again, I like Marcus Mariota, and I'm, I'm glad he's successful. But really, uh, you know, I, that's that's really Crazy. frustrating. Uh, really frustrating. Triple eight seven two seven Beck, and we're talking about this, uh, you know, situation with Louis Gohmert running for Speaker of the House against John Boehner, and how great that would be if he were able to win. Uh, but you got to call your congressman. You got to make it clear to them where you stand on this. Maybe you stand with Boehner. I I, I don't know. Uh, I we don't uh, for any number of reasons. The guy's a progressive. Is there any question about that in your mind that he's progressive? Yeah, and he's a, you know he's an establishment guy. He's against yeah. Tea Party types. Uh, mm-hmm. He's gone out of his way to say so, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and and certainly he's acted that way multiple times. Let's go to PJ in Montana. Uh, PJ, welcome to the Pat and Stu show. Hi, good morning. I'd like to. I was I was just wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. and you were just now expounding on that very topic. Why is it that uh, Mr. Boehner is? Um, sort of your enemy, mm-hmm. or you know, sort of uh, you don't want him in power anymore. Sure, I'm just curious. Yeah, well, it's because of that, and uh, is it's because he's not a true conservative. Uh, he's not a conservative in any in, in any way, uh, shape, or fashion. When you have a twenty three percent rating uh, from Freedom Works, you can't qualify as conservative. Yeah, I mean, we could go down is specifics. This, I think. Uh, to be sort of uh, in the same uh, position or what? Say that again. I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Kibbe, of, uh, is he of Freedom Works? Uh, yes. That, that, that gentleman, does he, what does he uh, consider uh, Mr. Boehner? What is his opinion of Mr. Boehner? Well, I think similar, and, and thanks for the call, PJ. Uh, I think he, uh, I mean, they obviously designed the, the scale in which we're talking about, where he mm-hmm. received 23% of the vote. He's um, not a fan. Yeah, no, I mean, his lifetime voting uh, record is better than what he's done the last couple of years. And, and look, Boehner is not, again, I don't think he's the worst Republican in, in Congress. I don't think he's that. He's just, he's not the guy you want leading uh, your party. If he, again, if he was a guy who was elected in, in Boston, uh, and he was representing Boston, I'd be th- probably really happy with him. Um, mm-hmm. But he's not. He's representing the entire direction of the party. Uh, we got the uh, 10 worst votes uh, from Boehner. And li- some of these are absolutely ridiculous. I mean, first of all, repeal Obamacare. Bo- B- Boehner voted against a full repeal of Obamacare. Voted against it. Now, do you want that and as your, your leadership? Yeah, no. Do you want that? No. How about um, he voted against uh, a bill... That would stop the IRS from targeting individuals based on their political beliefs. I'd like to hear his explanation on that. Because <laughs> even Democrats should be voting for that one. <laughs> well, yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. Um, uh, so you got that. Then you've got the Massey Amendment. This is a big one. Boehner opposed an amendment by Representative Thomas Massey, who, by the way, will be voting against Boehner. He's one of the ones first uh, that announced that. I, I, you know what? I think so. He, he was definitely on my list. Now that I'm thinking about it, he might be one of the ones where they has not yet announced. But I, I would believe he would. Um, he will go that way. Uh, but he voted against an amendment that would have blocked the NSA from collecting American cell phone or uh, telephone metadata without a warrant. Uh, he voted t- against delaying Obamacare's individual mandate. 
Mm -hmm. why, why would you do that? Why? He voted uh, for raising the debt limit. Uh, with, no, with no accompanying reforms, by the way. Yeah. We got nothing for that. Uh, so he just voted for it because, you know, it would make us look bad or something if we got too close to the deadline. So we didn't even ask for anything on that one. Um, Boehner voted against a bill that would have blocked the IRS from enforcing or implementing uh, Obamacare, which, again, like you're getting the IRS out of your health care. Why vote against that? Why? He is just wrapped around Obama, though, on Obamacare, man. Yeah, yeah, he really Oh, is. my gosh. Strangely. Every time. Mm -hmm. um, the Reigns Act. Boehner, this is a great one. This is one I think um, Mike Lee was, uh, was sponsoring in the Senate. The Reigns Act. Um, Boehner voted against it. Uh, it would have required a vote in Congress for any major new regulation. Now, that is a that's very brilliant. That's almost one of the biggest ones, because mm -hmm. here's something where these regulations get written. There's 70,000 pages of them last year alone, something like that. They get written all the time. So, like, you pass a bill like Obamacare and then, uh, the, you know, the the people in the government go through and write regulations. How do we what does this mean? What does this part mean? What, how do we execute this? And they write all these regulations. Well, when there's new regulations that are major, Congress would just have to vote on them. That seems right. They're writing the legislation. Mm -hmm. So if they approve of Obamacare, they would like, likely approve of the regulation unless the regulation did something they didn't think it was going to. Mm -hmm. This is a way for them to have a check and balance on the you know, people that aren't elected that are writing these regulations. Uh, that's a basic thing. It's a basic fundamental aspect of having oversight of your government, something that every single person in the government should vote for. Because they're already voting on these bills anyway. Why wouldn't they want to approve how the regulation is written? Instead, they, uh, Boehner actually opposed the Reins Act, which is unbelievable. Really is. Uh, he also voted for the omnibus, the cromnibus, as everybody's calling it. He voted against auditing the Fed. Mm -hmm. uh, why? <laughs> why? Mm -hmm. I, I, you don't want, why should anybody have the power to uh, perform whatever they want to print however much money they want, to buy and uh, buy our own debt, to yeah. sell our own debt, and not even have anybody look into it for oversight. Purposes. Especially when they're not even elected. I mean, these are just uh, Non-elected uh, officials. Yeah, and right. that are working outside the government structure, essentially. Um, and then uh, Boehner voted against reigning in the EPA over a controversial regulation that would give them unprecedented authority over many types of groundwater, which is just you know, it's another power grab from the EPA. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? Sometimes those are tough stances, saying, you know what? The EPA doesn't uh, get control over all this groundwater. It's gonna, it's, it opens you up to attacks of, hey, they, they don't like clean water. It's not true, but it opens you up to those attacks. Boehner would rather mm -hmm. fold than stand up for your values. Why the hell do you want him running things? Why the hell do you want him as the Speaker of the House? If he's not going to stand up for stuff like that, those are the tough stances. Those are where we need leadership to stand up and say, no, no, no. I know this is tough. I know it feels good. I know you'll get attention from uh, MSNBC if you vote against it. So what? That's what you need out of a guy like Boehner, and he never provides it. It is true, though. We don't like clean water. I don't like clean water. I, I know you personally said many times to me, I like it when little pieces of poop are floating in my water. How many times have you said that? <laughs> Well, I mean, if I had a nickel uh, for every time, I yeah, mean, you might right? not have as many nickels as you think. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh yeah, because a lot of it was big pieces of poop. That's right. right. That's right. That was my yeah. one. No, who likes clean water? Nobody no, likes. Nobody it. likes clean, clean air. I'm actually <laughs> worse with clean that. air. You want to be able to mm -hmm. taste your air. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See what you're breathing in. Amen. Right. Now, now you're Who's back to Jeff's product. Right. Amen. Okay. Triple eight seven two seven. I didn't get that on Fox News a couple weeks ago. No! The little no. pieces of poop only, in your water. Only here. You're getting that here on The Blaze, and okay? you're welcome. <laughs>
727 back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, according to the Washington Free Beacon, Obamacare in the new year, uh, shaping up to be vitally important for the future of the health care reform law. Uh, and here are, th are three things to watch. Obamacare's gears are losing some grease. One of the more obscure parts of Obamacare was an increase in the amount that the uh, primary care doctors get paid for seeing patients uh, with Medicaid. The government's health insurance pro program for the poor, obviously everybody knows what Medicaid is. The result, though, doctors are reluctant to accept Medicaid patients because they just don't get paid enough. I mean, how is it possible that the geniuses who designed this, the architects, if you will, of Obamacare, couldn't see the unintended consequences here? Well, I guess they could, right, because of this program. They could. And That's they, exactly right. To solve this problem, Obamacare gave states the money to make Medicaid pay the same as Medicare. So, okay, fine, they gave them free money. This new money expired, however, on December 31st. <laughs> Oopsie. Yeah. Congress did not extend it in the new uh, oh, spending man. bill. And as a result, primary care doctors seeing patients with Medicaid will see their pay cut significantly in 2015. <laughs> yep. This pay cut will affect a large number of the newly insured by the law. About 70% of the net increase in people with insurance in 2014 was due to the Medicaid expansion, which, by the way, did not happen in every state. A lot of the Republican mm. states uh, said no to it. However... Number two thing to watch with Obamacare is Republican-led states are looking to expand Medicaid. Yay! Yay! Free money is available. And look, the bill's already in, so we might as well take the free money, right? Might as well. That's what they're saying. Despite the payment cuts, Republican governors are looking to expand Medicaid in their states. Obamacare expands Medicaid uh, to a group not typically covered before, healthy, childless adults who you know, earn significant, uh, significantly above the poverty line, which is another part uh, of, of that. It was supposed to take uh, about half of the newly insured under the law. Federal government promised to foot the whole bill for the expansion in tw until 2017. However, the money is becoming too enticing to turn down forever, and the GOP-led states are moving towards expansion. Um, also, sad. the uh, Supreme Court could hear yet another attack on Obamacare's legality. Uh, they've agreed to hear a lawsuit brought against the subsidies in Obamacare, and it has the potential... Uh, bringing down the law across the country. Yeah, this is called... We'll see. I, I have King, no confidence, mm -hmm. though, in the Supreme Court. No way. Uh, I don't... Well, first of all, I don't either. Um, they have... You know, they were correct on the Hobby Lobby thing, for example. They have had some rulings yes, since amazingly. Um, on that. Uh, this one's called mm -hmm. King versus Burwell, but it's really smarter to just call it uh, the Gruber case, because that's kind of how people know it. Uh, this is the stuff that Gruber was talking about in those videos and revealing that they tried to do, and then uh, they basically, like... They said, if you don't create an exchange in your state, you don't get subsidies. That's how the bill is, is written. Mm -hmm. uh, what they tried to say afterwards is, well, wait a minute, though. Nobody, a lot, 34 states didn't create them. So now you can get the subsidies in the states. How about that? Well, that's not what the law says. Yeah, but how about that? <laughs> Essentially, their answer to that. Um, so now, yeah, but that's what we meant to do. We meant to do it that way. Right. Well, if you meant to do it that way, then vote on just that part again. It's an easy way to fix that. Uh, go on, have a nice little vote. Good luck with that. Uh, mm -hmm. Another way to do it is um, uh, to have those states create exchanges. Yeah. Easy way. They can just start create, create their own exchange. You know, if you're, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the situation is for every individual state. There's 16 states, though, that have done it. Um, just imitate them and you'll get your subsidies. However, you have to go through that work to do it. Um, and I think a lot of that's what would happen if this were to go through. 34 states, probably half of those states would go through and do their exchange, and the other half wouldn't because they'd be more red-leaning you know, leaning states. Uh, and at that point, you have a serious uh, issue inside of Obamacare, which is it can't pay for itself. It already can't pay for itself, by the way. 
but it makes it much, even much more difficult mm -hmm. to get people to, to get on insurance because uh, of all the, the giveaways. And, and, and then you have a situation where people who are young and, and healthy mm -hmm. um, don't get insurance. And then it gets, uh, the balance gets out of whack. Uh, I got news for you. This is going to come as a shock. This whole Obamacare situation is a uh, hot flaming mess. It's a what? hot flaming mess, yeah. Yeah. What? This is, this is the president's signature legislation. It's true. It's true. By saying that this mm -hmm. Obamacare is a mess, you're indicating a lack of support for his policies. I know. Do you understand the gravity of what you're doing right now? Racist. It's racist. Thank you. I didn't so want to say it. I didn't want to say it. I have it. to self-evaluate here and just chalk right it up racism. to what it is. A clear racism. Clear-cut racism. That's all it is. Uh -huh. uh, because if you oppose the president on anything... You're a racist. I think so. Right? That's why Joe Biden is always on his side. Because yes. we know Joe Biden is a racist. He's not a racist. Sure, he doesn't like Indians that much. Oh, no. Oh, you well. Know? I mean, that's one yeah, group. That's one not. group. Sure, he doesn't necessarily like African Americans that much. Thinks when they're successful <laughs> and well-spoken, it's a fairy tale. Sure. <laughs> but he's never racist. And no, because he, he supports, supports his policies. President. Yeah, well, at least now. Right? He didn't before, but... No. You know, and yeah, he supported he turning Iraq into three countries. It's not exactly the same policy, but now yeah, he agrees. Still. Okay? Okay. And... Uh, and uh, so he was uh, giving a little advice because he's so non-racist-y. Mm -hmm. He wanted to tell you how to look forward to the new year. Watch. I know this is the time of year when we make resolutions to take care mm -hmm. of our health, whether it's joining a gym or eating healthier. But there's one thing you can do right now that will also make His a heart big is not difference a in your health. That is getting quality, affordable health insurance oh through the gosh. Affordable Care Act. Oh, because of that law, access to quality health care mm -hmm. is improving. No, no Last year, almost 7 million no, people didn't. signed up for health care no, coverage well, under the new law well, and paid their premiums. Look that, 7 ah. In many cases, yeah. the cost of health care is less than the cost of uh, your cell phone or, or your cable bill. Yeah, it was like that before. Everyone yeah. is beginning to realize what millions of you already know. The Affordable yes. Care Act is working. It's working. And we're just getting started. Just Maybe getting most started. importantly... What I hear is that we have finally ended the debate in this country of whether or not no. health insurance is a right or a privilege. What? No, no we, we have not. We think everyone in America has a right to have adequate health care insurance. Uh, and the Affordable uh, Care Act gives them that right. Uh, no, it doesn't. Not according it to the to United them. States Constitution. No. <laughs> Which, by the way, does not have something to do with what rights. It does. Well, a bill it has something to do with it. Rights. Yeah. That indicated what yeah. rights uh -huh. we had and did uh -huh. not Seems have. To. Seems to indicate hmm. uh, that uh, no healthcare is not a right. Neither no. is education, by the way. Not a right. No. No. Uh, and let's you know, look, we've provide that's been provided in many places, and that's the thing. Like, if a company wants to provide a service because they believe it's beneficial to their company, they mm -hmm. can provide that service. And if you wish to partake in it because you believe it's beneficial to you, then you can partake in it. It's uh, capitalism. Mm. It's uh, two sides of uh, a transaction, both agreeing it's mutually beneficial and then entering into an agreement. That is how our country was built. Now it's something else. We've come up with something completely different. And I don't know that Biden's heart was really in that one. Uh, didn't feel like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of like it was a sleepwalking through that one. Mm. Uh, but I was thinking about him a little bit over vacation, uh, reading some article. And... They mentioned him calling it a big effing deal into Obama's ear. Yeah. And here it is, his signature achievement. 
And this mm -hmm. buffoon ruins that, too. Mm -hmm. This great moment for progressives where they're finally getting this gigantic progress this, uh, you know, progressive monstrosity through. After all these attempts, all these years, decades and decades of trying to manipulate your health care, they finally have control of it. And this idiot swears into the microphone at the moment <laughs> it's being signed. Such a great representation of who Joe Biden is. I can honestly say I had a Biden-free vacation where I thought of him not at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Not one time. Not one time. But you did better days. than I did, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how about uh, Mia Love, who is uh, coming into Congress for the first time? If you remember Mia Love, she's been on the program before. Uh, she's a black conservative from uh, Utah. She uh, almost won in 2012. Uh, 12. Mm -hmm. And she lost by a few hundred votes. Uh, and her competition that year was a very well-known and liked, generally, uh, Democrat Matheson right? mm -hmm. uh, from Utah. Mm -hmm. Very popular Democrat there. Um, and this time he didn't even bother trying. He knew he was going to lose, so he just didn't even run. Um, he, and, he, and whoever stepped in for him got beat. They are saying, though, one of the people they believe might run against Mike Lee is Matheson. Oh, for really? Senate. Uh, no, they might, they might try to put a Democrat up there to try to beat him. I mean, they're doing everything, even the Republicans in oh, Utah. Yeah. They are doing everything they can to mm -hmm. get rid of Mike Lee. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the most prominent and people we respect have been all over Mike Lee, and I, I don't begin to understand it. No, neither do I. He no. is by far the greatest senator that Utah has had in I don't know how long. I don't know how long. I mean, you like Orrin Hatch? Orrin Hatch has turned progressive. Orrin Hatch has been that way for a good long time. Orrin Hatch has been there He's been there for, what, 38 years, about 37, too many. And, uh, and here comes Mike Lee, who is a constitutionalist, who knows the Constitution, cites the Constitution in everything he does. And, and all they do is berate him for it. Mm -hmm. All they do is call him an extremist and an embarrassment to Utah. What do you talk? Orrin Hatch is the embarrassment to Utah. Yeah. And the values that Utahns have, I, I don't. I don't begin to understand it. We hope uh, that Mia Love can live up to those sort of uh, uh, standards. I don't, you know, she's just getting in. And a yeah. great way to start, by the way, Mia and everyone else uh, who is in uh, Congress, voting against John Boehner is a good start to that. Uh, you're going to come in Very here, good. one of the first things you're going to do is have an opportunity to vote for what we've been doing for the last billion years with people like John Boehner or vote for somebody new like Louis Gohmert. And I would suggest uh, you do that, and maybe you can call me and say, hey, mm. I know it's your first couple of days. I don't mean to give you a hard time as you're just walking into your office, but please, I'm going to anyway. Uh, so vote against John Boehner. Here is her, though, talking about what she's going to do with Obamacare as she enters in her first term. So, so Ted Cruz says he wants Republicans exactly to do that, do everything humanly possible to stop Obamacare? Look, I was elected by my district to make sure that we get the decision-making back in their hands, and I said that I was going to do everything I can to repeal and replace it with something that is functional and get at, with broad health care reforms, free market health care reforms, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Senator She's great. Listen exactly to the indignation I know. contained within the question. You aren't lying. <laughs> Listen to the way, again, can we go back to the very beginning yeah. of that and listen to the yes, way the yeah. question is posed to Mia Love? That is amazing. And it shows you the bias in the media. Uh, let's listen to the question again. So, so Ted Cruz says he wants Republicans exactly to do that, do everything humanly possible to stop Obamacare? Look, I was elected everything by my district can to stop sure Obamacare? That like that's the most outrageous thing uh, ever proposed? It's a fundamental uh, concept of opposition to this <laughs> policy. I mean, uh, anyone who's elected as a Republican Jeez. should be doing this. Yeah. In fact, the only... Uh, 
sort of indignant questions you should ask a Republican is, you didn't do this about Obamacare. Right. Obviously, the people who elected you wanted you to stop Obamacare. Why didn't you take these actions? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mia Love, I mean, everyone elected her to stop Obamacare. She she admitted it. Yeah, and she knows that. That's good. And I hope uh, a great way to do that, by the way, Mia Love, is to vote against John Boehner. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and for Louis Gohmert, who will definitely take up that fight with you by your side. And, and you know, it's going to be tough for someone who's coming in like that. She might think, OK, I'm setting into effect this negative thing in my career where I will never get any power because I'm taking this stand against leadership very early. I'm going to be seen as a troublemaker. That's what they're telling her. That's what they're telling her. And I hope she can overcome that because... These are the people that you need. People that can overcome that vote deserve your respect, deserve your support, deserve your donations if you're going to donate. This is what you're asking for. You keep saying you want these people. Sometimes people come in and actually do what they're asked uh, to do, uh, like not supporting John Boehner. And uh, people have an opportunity to do that tomorrow. So I'm just saying, Mia, we love you, but please. Vote against John Boehner. Vote against John Boehner. 888-727-BECK. More patents, too. Coming up. More patents, Stu, coming up. Wow, that's exciting. Wow, that's... I'm excited about it. Pat. Are you saying Are there's you? more patents, Stu, coming up? I am. Well, I am. Yes, I am. You can't be saying that. I am saying that. <laughs> Beck is the phone number. Politico had an interesting article, I, I thought, which was the 14 quotes that drove the news in 2014. You see what they did there? 14, 14 for 2014. That's the same number, Pat. Wow. Except for the 2000 in front. Right. Well, yeah. That's why I thought it was interesting, though, because it was mm-hmm. 14 and 14. That was it. Was two, now, uh, two numbers with listen, 14 in them. Listen to these quotes. These are the, these are the quotes. And see, If they would have had 2014... <laughs> For quotes. 2014. Oh, yeah, 2014 quotes. That would be really Now you're on to No one would have read article. the article. Okay, we don't have much time here, so let me get to this. Uh, okay, I don't think these are in any particular order. Time for some traffic problems in Fort Lee from Bridget Kelly, former oh, deputy yeah. chief. To, oh, uh, Chris yeah. That's definitely one. Um, mm-hmm. If a JV team puts on Lakers uniforms, that doesn't make them Kobe Bryant. That didn't, didn't drive it enough. President yes. Obama. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, we consider him the deportation president or the, or the deporter-in-chief from La Raza. Oh, made that, made oh that. my gosh. That's number three. Number three. We consider him... uh, We did that one. Uh, Four. Uh, I grew up castrating hogs on an Iowa farm from Joni Ernst uh, running for Senate. Won her the election, too, by the way. Yeah, I think it did. Um, Don't do stupid S, Obama and White House West uh, West Wing officials. That was their don't do stupid... You remember that one? Uh, I can't remember in what context. It was was. like, the one thing we need to do is don't do stupid things. And then they went into did all the Syria nonsense and (laughs) all the stupid crap they wound up doing. Um, we came out of the White House not only dead broke, but in debt. Hillary oh, yeah. Clinton. Oh, yeah. Great one. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Number seven. Uh, we need to be cautious about what we say in emails. Lois Lerner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we tortured some folks. President Obama said that. Tortured uh, some folks. Hands up, don't shoot, and I can't breathe. Protesters in Ferguson in New York City. Mm-hmm. Somehow mm-hmm. there is a fan there, and for that reason I am told... Governor Scott will not join us for the debate. <laughs> Remember that one from the yeah. Florida? It was a bizarre thing. Yeah. By the way, he Telling won truth. after that. Yes. Yeah. He actually won. Uh, I was patient zero, the first person to have their reputation completely destroyed worldwide via the Internet, Monica Lewinsky. Mm. 
Um, I am not on the ballot this fall, but make no mistake, these policies are on the ballot. Gotcha. Every single one of them, uh, President Obama. Not prevalent enough, but yes. But certainly proven to be accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, lack of transparency is a huge political advantage, and basically, call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever, but basically, that was a really, really critical thing for the, uh, really, really critical for the thing to pass from Jonathan Gruber. Gruber. And uh, I'm not running for president, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, which I thought you'd appreciate. But looking through those, oh, she is, by the way. and it does seem like she might be, they always point out, uh, I think this article does it as well, um, she never says never, but she also never always talks about it in the current uh, context. I am, not, I am not running for president. I am not running for president. I am not planning to run for president. It's never, uh, you know, there will be no time in the future that I will decide to run for president. She's well, never that clear. You stop your chances in 2020 that well, She's going to be, what, 70-something right? in 2020? She, she was four or five prime, years younger than Prime Hillary, of her right? political career. Is and it, also... No, uh, I think she was older than Hillary. I think she's actually older than Hillary, or right at the same age. I think they're like both 66 or 67. Yeah, it's pretty close. My point, though, of all these quotes is almost all of them are bad for progressives. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, some tra traffic problems for Fort Lee. Chris Christie. I mean, I would think of him as progressive. I'm sure the mm -hmm. media wouldn't. But look at the rest of these. JV uh, Lakers uniforms. That's right. terrible for Obama. Uh, oh, bad for Obama that, that La Raza would say he's a deportation president. Um, uh, I grew up uh, castrating hogs on an Iowa farm. A real American person like, jo you know, right. Jody, a heartland person is what I'm trying to say. Joni Ernst comes up and wins an election. Uh, don't do stupid crap. Well, the indication with that one from the White House was that they wouldn't do it. And then they did. That's why it was notable. Um, we came out of the White House not dead broke, but in debt. Bad for Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. um, we need to be cautious what we say in emails. Lois Lerner, terrible for the administration. We tortured people, Obama says. That's bad. Hands up, don't shoot, and I can't breathe. Probably doesn't fit into this, uh, per se. Um, somehow there's, but although the way they handled those situations, I and mean, look what's happened to de Blasio in New York now. I mean, his own police officers are turning their back in the middle of funerals to them. Yeah. They don't want to look at the guy. Somehow, uh, um, I'm told uh, Governor Scott will not join us for the debate. Well, that one wasn't bad for progressives, but they wound up losing the election anyway. Charlie Chris lost anyway. Um, Monica Lewinsky, uh, and certainly not something they want to be reminded of. Um, uh, but this is, the, of course, the king of them. I am not on the ballot this fall, but make no mistakes. These policies are on the ballot, every single one of them. Uh, the Gruber quote, again, bad. I mean, yeah. almost, oh, this is a terrible year for Democrats. Really bad. When you look back at it in that context, I mean, almost every really single year. main political story we talked about mm -hmm. was terrible for Democrats. And then the exclamation point at the end of that, the election. Terrible year for Democrats? Terrible year for uh, Hollywood movies? Coincidence? Mm -hmm. I think not. They're connected. They're how, connected. Uh, how is it? Well, they're all Democrats. The only good thing is we've got health care. That's the good thing we've got. We've By the way, I mean to talk, you, talk to you about your benefit we've package going forward. Yeah. Um, there's a, the there's a little kink <laughs> we need to get worked out. Um, the good thing is we all get health care. No, to just, just explain it to you, Jeffy, in short, we don't have a lot of time here, but the doctors have given up. But we... Yeah. Too much, too much syphilis, gonorrhea. They just don't want to risk it. Yeah, they, they don't want to get in there with the needles, can't. and they don't want to get in there. And yeah. they're just too much stuff swirl, swirling yeah. around. You Way know what I mean? Much. They're thinking, you know what? We, We're never going to cure all this anyway. Let's just give up. So. Start. start. Plus, yeah. here's the other part of the evaluation. Mm -hmm. Is it worth it even if we could? <laughs> no. And their answer and to that was, point. of course, <laughs> no. 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 So. Def definitely. <laughs> that would be like a death penalty or something. Yeah, almost. Not yeah, a death penalty. I don't even want to go there. I will say, that's a death penalty. I would support them. Uh -huh. uh, someone just uh -huh. saying, you know what? No effort on Jeffy anymore. We can't. It's not, <laughs> even if we save him, I mean, we're hurting the country, you yeah. know? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. No. No, we don't. No, have we don't. Not you, though. You don't have health care. Or a